You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening. Let's check it out. To Colossians chapter 1, verse uh, 27, uh, it says this. Um, let me Let me find it here real quick. It says, Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. Christ means, uh, we, we understand that to mean the anointing, which is the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, is within us. And he says, uh, he floods us with expectation of glory. Then he says this, this mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope. I mean, guys, we have living within us is a heavenly treasure chest of hope. It's a treasure. I don't know about you, man, but the hope that, that God gave me when I was 18, when I first accepted Jesus as Lord, that not only were my sins forgiven, but that I would live in heaven forever and that he would be with me and live inside of me from that point forward, man, that was, my, my, that was is, and will always be my greatest treasure. That's, my, that's your greatest treasure. That's my greatest treasure. And knowing that he's coming back for us, knowing that, man, just knowing all these things, that he's always with us, he'll never leave us or forsake us. He, he doesn't just live by our side. He lives in, our, inside of us. And so, man, it's just a powerful thought. And that's the anchor. Hope is the anchor. And that's the hope we hang on to. That's what gives us the endurance to hang on to the promises of God and say, God, I don't care what, the, what they say. I don't care what happens. Because a lot of times these situations, they get worse before they get better. Both these families here heard bad report and bad report. And I've been down this road before. <coughs> and the people who fold to those bad reports and kind of, you know, and it's, 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 it's normal for us to be affected by it, hurt by it, damaged by it. Um, so it's not abnormal. We're, n- we're not um, unfeeling or unemotional. But, you know, those who kind of give in to that, man, they don't, they don't usually see anything good happen because that now their faith is shifted. But those who stand and say, you know what, I'm going to let this, this anointing, the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me, is my anchor, is my hope, and I'm going to hang on to God's promise that, man, you know what, I'm just going to hang on till I see something good happen, till I see his word manifested. And, and, it's, and it's a powerful thing to hang on to, to this treasure of hope inside of us because that's what gets us through difficult situations. That's what gets us not just through them, over them. That's what, that's what will get us to heaven. You know, God's constantly reminding us, don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. Don't, so, because he says so many people have given up the faith right before they passed away or right before, and, and there's gonna be, Millions, billions of people that have given up the faith right before Jesus returns. You know, I noticed uh, Pastor Sergio reminded me that when I preached at the beginning of the year, I said, I said this prophetically, that the, the churches will be shaken, the nations will be shaken, everybody's going to be shaken. There's a shaking coming, and it's happening right in front of us. Nations and the world and the economy, everything's been shaken this year. It's been shaken 
And then I also talked about change, that, you know, that there's changes coming. There's things happening. And, and then uh, he showed me a, a video of that. Um, and I also repeated something Brother Phil had said at the beginning of the year, which was, come back. Come home. Come back to the things of God. And so I thought it was interesting that not that, be, that cry from God began at the beginning of the year. And then just last Sunday, once again, the Spirit of God said, come back. Come back. If you've, if you've broken fellowship, if you've walked away, if, if, you know, come back, come back. And it's like the Spirit of the Lord is pleading with people. Man, don't miss what God is going to do, what God is doing right now. Don't miss it. Don't miss out on, on the, the goodness of God right now in the middle of, of a turbulent time, in the middle of turbulence. Man, don't, don't miss out on the goodness of God. Don't miss out. You know, I was on an airplane one time flying to Austin, and the plane dropped thousands of feet just all of a sudden. I mean, it just went, it went flying along smooth. It just went, it's like the bottom fell out of it. All the cups and everything hit, everything that people had out hit the ceiling. People, I mean, it was crazy how far it dropped thousands of feet just all of a sudden. And my first response was, in Jesus' name, I yelled it. Everybody else was screaming, ah! I mean, they freaked out, you know, pretty normal reaction. But man, my first reaction was, in the name of Jesus. I just shouted it, and that thing leveled off, and the pilot was real quiet for, like, dead silence, though. No one moved, no one saying, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we uh, experienced a little turbulence right there. I'm like, a little? What a little? If that's a little, I don't want a lot. We hit the ground. And so, uh, and then, you know, you could kind of hear a sigh of relief, and, and uh, you know, I looked at the people next to me, and I said, listen, this plane will, will arrive safely. They looked at me like, how do you know that? I said, because God promised me. He said in his word that you'll go safely and you'll come home safely. I said, I, we will arrive safely if for any other reason because I'm a child of the most high God. You know, listen. I said that for this reason that, you know, when you're a child of God and you're in right relationship, you haven't broken fellowship. No matter how turbulent it gets, no matter what else happens, you know you're going to be okay. You know, you're going to be all right. You're going to be okay. There'll be some turbulence. Jesus said, hey, there's going to be some turbulence. And sometimes it's going to feel like the bottom fell out of it like that. But, you know, if you just hang on, you stay in faith. You don't break fellowship with me. As a matter of fact, instead of breaking fellowship, you press in more to me. You, I'll, I'll see you through it. He said, I'll walk with you, I'll be with you, I'll help you, I'll lead you all the way through the trouble, all the way through the turbulence, I'll be with you. So, man, it's, it's not a time to be away. If you know people that are away, if you know people that have broken fellowship, man, you need to be, number one, praying for them, and number two, you need to be speaking to them. If you have a voice in their life, you need to be speaking to them, saying, come back. You, you don't want to miss. You don't want to miss out on God's presence and his help when, when there's turbulence. And you definitely don't want to miss out on heaven or the, or the call of God when he comes back for the church. You know, I don't know if many of you know this, but the Euphrates River is drying up. 
Well, the Bible predicts that an army will cross over on dry ground across the Euphrates. A couple weeks ago, they, they delivered five red heifers to Jerusalem. I mentioned this before, that when they're talking about Israel, that's the hour hand on the clock of, of what's happening. When they're talking about Jerusalem, that's the minute hand. When they start talking about the Temple Mount, that's the second hand. And so um, I had read that in the Dome of the Rock, which is the, the mosque that sits on top of the Jewish Temple Mount, that there was a meteorite in there. The meteorite is not in there. The meteorite is in Mecca in Saudi Arabia. But there is a rock inside of that building. That's why they call it the Dome of the Rock. And that rock that's in there is the cornerstone of the temple, the old temple. They also claim it's the rock, the Jews, that Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac on. And the Muslims claim, the reason they built a mosque over it, is that because they, you know, hundreds of years later, the Muslim religion developed, they just stole the story from the Bible and said Ishmael, because they know they're the product of Ishmael, that of the bondwoman, the slave woman, that Ishmael, Abraham was going to sacrifice Ishmael on that rock, and that's why they built a mosque over it and declared it a sacred place. But when they delivered those five red heifers a few weeks ago at the Jerusalem airport, and the Temple Mount Society is talking about you need the ashes from a red heifer to sanctify the temple. They're saying, we're ready now to start reconstructing the temple. And when they move that mosque off that mountain, I believe that's when the Battle of Armageddon is going to take place. Because the Muslims and, and, and their partners are going to go nuts and they're going to attack Israel for moving that mosque because they have to move the mosque. They have to eliminate it in order to build back the temple. And God said that temple will be built back. Will be built back. And so, you know, there's just things happening. And I don't know, it could be 50 years from now. I don't know. It could be next year. It could be tonight. I don't know. But I know this. Jesus said the hope, the treasure we hang on to is that whether we go to him, we pass away someday and we go to him, or he comes to us, one way or another, we're going to be in heaven forever with him because of what he's done for us. And so, man, he says, he says, we need to hang on to this hope. He said, this mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches, filled with the riches of glory. The glory of God, when Moses asked to see God's glory, he showed him his goodness and his mercy. He showed him his goodness and his mercy. So he said, man, we're filled with his goodness and his mercy. That's the treasure chest that we have inside of us is God's goodness and his mercy for his people. His goodness and mercy is glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. He wants everyone to know. Every human being on the planet. He said to pray for men everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. All people everywhere for their salvation. That they'll come to know Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. Because God, he wants everyone to come to heaven. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell, but it's a choice. It's a decision that you make. We've been talking about decisions that we make in this warrior series, and we talked about three things about warriors. We're going to talk about a few more, but I first want you to go to, from uh, Colossians to Ephesians. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 6 when he talks about spiritual warfare and the armor that we're supposed to, to put on. Um, 
and I'm going to talk about the seven things warriors do. And we started last Wednesday to get into this, but we're going to talk more about it. Um, it says in verse 18, uh, 17 and 18, it says, Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. And take the mighty razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. Everybody say spoken word of God. That's the rhema, is the spoken word of God. That's, that's, the, that's the term in the Greek for it, is rhema, the rhema word, a spoken word. You know, the power is in the spoken word of God. How do we know that? Well, we know that from Genesis. God, and God said, let there be light in there was light. God said, let the uh, day be divided from the night, and it was done. I mean, God said, God always, the mo- God speaks, and he wants us to speak the word, and that is our sword, is the spoken word. When you pray, you should be praying out the word of God and praying out his promises. God, you said, you promised this, just like a child would do to you. Mom, you promised what did I promise? You promised to buy me ice cream tonight. Oh, why did you wait to right before you go to bed to tell me that? To remind me of my promise. Right? Kids, kids remind us sometimes of our promises at a really inconvenient time. And so I learned a long time ago not to promise. I use the word consider. I'll consider that because I know if I promise, I'm going to have to do it. Put on your pajamas, let's go get some ice cream. You know, because I want to keep my promises, right? And so, when, and, uh, as God's children, he wants us to remind him of his promises. So that's what we do. We speak it, we speak out the word. It's, not only, it's the only offensive weapon we have in the spirit, but it's also a huge part of our prayer life. And that's why he goes into the next verse and he says this. Pray passionately in the Spirit. Capital S, in the Spirit. Pray passionately. The Bible says the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. God wants it to be heartfelt. Not just head, but heart. What does God always judge? He judges the heart. The heart of the matter. He gets right to the root. He gets right to the the heart of the issue and the heart of us and the heart of our prayers. And so... Uh, He's saying here, we need to pray passionately from the heart in the spirit. How do we pray in the spirit? Well, the word of God is spirit. Tongues is spirit. So we say, man, we need to pray both in those things. He just talked about the, the sword of the spirit, capital S, is the word of God. He wants us to pray out the word. Pray out the word. Remind him. He doesn't mind. He doesn't mind us. He wants us to say, God, you promised. You promised in your word to do this. And so he wants us to pray with passion in the spirit. And he says, as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. And we've talked about the different forms of prayer. I'll talk about that again some other time. But I've taught on that many times. Just intercessory prayer. There's, there's just all kinds of different types of prayer that we can do. But he's talking about intercessory prayer here. He's talking about deep, you know, like I'm in this. I'm I'm focused on this prayer, and I'm standing in the gap for for my wife, my son, my husband, for this issue, this problem, for the church, for the lost, for my family, for my community. 
He wants it to be passionate. He wants it to be consistent. He said, as you constantly intercede, <coughs> I guess my question to you tonight would be, when's the last time you interceded? He said we should be constantly interceding. We should be constantly standing in the gap. You know, Jesus set the example. He's the mediator. He stands in the gap and intercedes for us all the time. Even the Holy Spirit intercedes for us when we pray in the Spirit, pray in tongues. But he said, so the, 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 the God intercedes for us. He interceded. God the Father interceded for us by sending Jesus. So that's the example that, he, that God has set for us, and we need to be operating in that example. When's the last time you just said, you know, I'm going to take, it doesn't have to be 10 hours. When's the last time you, you just taken five, 10 minutes and really focused and said, man, I'm going I'm to pray this out with passion, man. I, I, I need this to happen, Father. I, I need this promise for you to come to pass, not just in my life, but even others' lives. I need something good to happen for my kids. I need something good to happen in my marriage. I need something good to happen in my community. I need people to come back to church, Lord. I need the lost in this valley, as Pastor Sergio prayed. We need the lost in this city, in this valley, to come to know Jesus. And when's the last time you really passionately prayed? He said, that should be a constant thing we do. Now, we wonder, this is talking about spiritual warfare, remember. This whole chapter is talking about the armor of God and spiritual warfare. And then you wonder sometimes why things don't happen. Well, we're not fighting according to the word. Some people wonder, well, why does, why does this happen for them and not for me? And why does, you know, my, my prayers, they seem to be resisted. They don't seem to be happening. When's the last time you interceded with passion and spoke out the word to God and reminded him of his promise? Man, it's awful quiet. I hope you're evaluating that. God bless you. I hope you're evaluating that and thinking about, man, you know what? I need to start doing this more often. You know, I, I'm not preaching this to condemn anybody or make you feel guilty. I want to encourage you to fight the way God said to fight. God said we're, he's a victorious warrior. Guess what? That, that means that he's made us victorious warriors. He said he made us more than conquerors. He said he'd always cause us to triumph. But Man, that's according to his word, though. That's just not, not going to automatically happen every time you step into a situation. We have to fight according to, what God, uh, according to how God said to fight, how to stand, how to pray. We have to pray with passion. We have to pray with intensity, fervency. It needs to be constant prayer. And so he says, constantly intercede. With every form of prayer at all times. All the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. Constantly, all the time. Man, you, you should be developing habits of a warrior. The habits of a warrior are, are that they pray all the time, constantly. I pray in the shower, I pray in my car, I pray, I pray, I mean, I'm constantly praying. And if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, man, I'm constantly muttering. The Bible says uh, uh, that Jude prophesied and Peter quoted it on the day of Pentecost in Acts. He said, my, these people, will, they'll worship me with muttering lips. They'll pray with me with muttering lips. Talking about the gift of tongues. And he's, so we're, we're to pray like that. We can pray all the time. 
You know, just get a darker tint on your car so people don't think you're crazy. If you ever see me, you know, look like I'm talking to somebody, most of the time I'm probably not on my phone, I'm praying. I'm talking to God passionately. You know, we need to have a passion about our prayers if we want to win victories. How many of you want to win a victory? Well, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. I, I, you know, I, I, you know, one of the greatest things that I ever hear as a pastor, someone just said this to me a couple weeks ago. This isn't a brag on me or anything like that, but it's just, it blesses me. Uh, this person said to me, Pastor, I just want to thank you for teaching me how to stand and how to fight. He said, all the lessons and all that time sitting in church, all those years sitting in church here and all those messages, all of it, I'm needing all of it right now. I'm in a fight for my life, and I'm needing all of it right now, and I just want to thank you that I know how to do this. That's why it's so important to be in church. Golly, so important to be in church, so important to be consistently hearing the word. I love Wednesday church, man. I, Wednesday church is just so awesome. Uh, I, like, I like Wednesday church. And for some people, this is their Sabbath day, man, because they work on the weekends. And so some of, some of the people here, man, this is the only time they can come is on Wednesday. And others, it's on Sunday. But, guys, man, you got to be in church. you got to be hearing the word and hearing the word and hearing the word. Man, when you come to church, two things happen. You'll either get confirmation or conviction. And both are good. Both of them are good. They're not designed to kick you. They're designed to build you up and remind you of who you are. You're a blood-bought child of the Most High God. You're a blood-bought child of the Most High God. And he loves you, and he's a victorious warrior and wants you to be one. So he said, we got to pray. And then he says this, pray the blessings of God upon all his believers. Well, man, it's selfish to pray for, pray for blessings. No, God commanded us to pray for blessings. God commanded us to pray that all the blessings of God would be poured out on all believers. That's a great commandment, right? God wants us to pray for blessings and pray that God's blessings are poured out in, in others, in our church family and around you, in your family that love Jesus, are experiencing God's goodness in this life. Then he says this, pray the blessings of God upon all believers and pray also that God's revelation would be released through me every time I preach the wonderful mystery of the hope-filled gospel. And that's what you should be praying for me and all the other teachers and pastors that, and people that minister on our campus and at our church. That, man, that we're, we're speaking revelation knowledge, that the Spirit of God is speaking through us to you and giving you answers confirmation and conviction and things you need in order to overcome, things you need in order to draw closer to God, things you need in order to pray through circumstances and situations and get through the turbulence, overcome the turbulence. And so God says to pray this passionately. That's one of the greatest qualities of a warrior, of a Christian warrior. The world thinks only about themselves, but warriors... Warriors don't think that way. Warriors think about others. You notice that after he says about praying for yourself, he moves immediately to pray for all believers. 
Pray blessings just not on your family, but on other people's families. You know, one of the, one of the great lessons I've learned that, that God has taught us, he said, pray for others to be healed so you will be, you will be healed. It's one, of the, it's one of the great principles of the kingdom of God is to love others as you love yourself. So you shouldn't just be praying for yourself. You should be praying for others. You have a marriage issue, you should be praying for somebody else's marriage. You have a health issue, be praying for them. You have this issue, you should be, it's doesn't, it doesn't, God's okay with you praying for yourself. He wants you to do that too, but you should also be lifting up others. That's a principle of God that we don't just, it's not all about us, but it's about the whole family. It's about human beings. Jesus died for the human race. And we should be praying that way. We should be praying. You should have a time where you say every day, God, I pray for everybody on the planet to come to know you. You know what, men? The, that the new, there's a new research out that says that if a man gets saved first in his household, that 93% of the time, everybody will get saved. But if women are the first one to get saved, only 17% of the household will get saved. Everybody in the household. That's why God said to pray for men everywhere. Because when the man gets saved, the family gets saved. In more ways than one. I said in more ways than one. If others get saved in the house, that drops like a child, that drops to 3.5% of the time that everybody else will get saved. It goes from 93 to 17.7 to 3.5. It's so important that we are praying that daddies get saved, that men get saved, and lead, their, lead this nation, lead the world, and lead their families to Jesus. That's not my stat. That's the truth. That's true research. Ladies, you sh- the Bible says you should be praying for the men in your life. Your sons, your husband, your daddy, grandpa. You should be praying for the men in your life to get their hearts right. My mama prayed me in the kingdom. And because of that, my whole household is saved. Come on now. Ladies, your prayers are powerful. God loves his daughters. He loves his daughters. He's moved by your prayers. And he wants you to pray. He wants us all to pray like this. Go with me to 1 Thessalonians. We've read from this chapter before, um, in these verses before. It's just just powerful. Um, uh, There's something about it that just keeps sitting on me. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verses 16 through 18 says this. Let joy be your continual feast. I read this last Wednesday. Uh, Another translation of the verse says, rejoice always. Always Always be rejoicing. Over what? Over things that are worthy of being rejoiced over. There's always something good happening. I said there's always something good happening. If you have food on your table, you need to rejoice. You got a roof over your head, you need to rejoice. 
Because there's a large part of this world that does not have that. You have clothes on your back, rejoice. You have a job, rejoice. You get a paycheck, rejoice. Because we're blessed. He said, let joy be your continual feast. Make your life a prayer. Here we go again. He's saying, you should, have a, you, you should not have a prayer life, but your life should be a prayer. Otherwise, it's just not something you do every once in a while. He's saying again to us, we need to, warriors, Christian warriors are constantly praying. It's our lifestyle to be praying all the time. To be praying all the time. And if you don't have enough to pray, you're like, Pastor, I, I just don't have enough things to pray about. Oh, man, come talk to me. I'll give you a list. Seriously, I'll give you a, it's funny, but I'll give you a list of people, places, circumstances, and situations that you could be praying over right now for others. Hopefully, you already have your own list. And that it's written down. That it's written down. You've written it. You've, you've written it someplace where you're like, I'm going to pray for this. I'm going to pray for that. I'm praying for this person. I'm praying for that person. I'm praying for this situation and this circumstance. But he said, make your life a prayer. And in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks. Number one, quality of a, of a warrior, Christian warrior, that's different than the world is we're always praying. Number two is we're always giving thanks. Always giving thanks. Thanksgiving, man, it will remove the toxicity from your life and from your thinking. It'll remove it. It'll change your whole atmosphere in your mind, your heart, and around you when you become thankful for what you have. When you relive moments of when you were thankful, when good things happened. I don't know who did this. I, I, I don't know why this happens, but I don't know if Julie set this up or because I know nothing about technology, but I really like this. This is one of the few things I like about technology um, uh, is that I have these little pictures that pop up um, on my phone, memories. How's that happen? <laughs> Julie's laughing at me. What, why are you laughing at me? Is that... It's automatic? Oh, okay. Hey, I don't ever ask me, uh, unless, I, unless you want me to fix the speaker system in the church, I did that one time. Uh, I can do that. I did that. I, I bragged on that and still am for a long time because I don't do anything well technologically. And so I'm, I'm going to hang on to that. That's going to be one of those memories. I need to put that up. I need to, how do you put that on your phone? I don't understand how, you that, how that works. But anyway, these pictures pop up of my kids when they're little. And, and you know, there's this picture that keeps popping up of this whale. Uh, when we were in Alaska, my son Garrett and I uh, were in Alaska last year. This whale that's coming up and just, you know, right in front of us and just, you know, breathing. And you see the spout blow up. And, man, it just puts a smile on my face every time. And I, when I see my little kids in their little football uniforms and, you know, and just the little pictures of our family when they're little, it just makes me smile. And there's just things to be thankful for. And when you relive those moments and you're thankful to God for those, it, it changes the atmosphere. It just changes the atmosphere. And so Christian warriors have, they're, 
Their life is in prayer, and then they're just thankful. They just kind of live with this attitude of just being thankful for what they have. And I, I tell you, when I want to really change my circumstances, when things aren't going my way, and I don't like what's happening to people, and I see people hurting, man, I, I start feeling that, that cloud, that weight sitting on me. Man, all I have to do is eat a meal. And when I start thanking God just for it, because I thank Him for every meal I eat, and, and so when I start, it's immediately when I start thanking him, it's like immediately I, I, that, that my atmosphere changes. The toxicity, the weight of it all, everything, just something simple. Just being thankful for something simple. And then it's like when I become thankful for that and I start thinking, my gosh, how blessed am I? And then I start thinking about all the other things that I can be thankful for. Christian warriors, don't, we don't think like the world, where they're just, my name is Jimmy, I'll take all you'll give me, and all they think about is take, 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 and they got this hole inside of them called greed. They have this hole inside of them called lust that is never filled, and they just, they keep stuffing stuff in it, and it never fills up. That's not who we are. The world thinks lust, and that's just not sexual sin, that's just lust for stuff in the world. Christian warriors think love. We think, God, I thank you, you love me. I thank you, Jesus died for me. I thank you, heaven's real. I thank you, you rescued me from eternal destruction. I thank you that I have the things I mentioned before, a roof over my head. I thank you, I, I have clothes on my back. I thank you, I have uh, food to eat. I thank you, I have a job. I thank you, I have a church. I thank you, Father, for your word. I thank you that your spirit lives inside of me. I thank you for hope. I thank you, Father, for the good things happening in my life. And it's an act of faith. Being thankful is an act of faith. It's an act of faith. And it moves God on your behalf. Thanksgiving will move God on your behalf. He loves the thankful. He'll move for you. He'll move for you when you're thankful. He'll add things to you because he knows you're thankful. How many of you, when your children are thankful, want to bless them more? And when they're not thankful, Lord, you want to bless them? No, you want to smack them upside the head and say, man, you need to be thankful for what I give you. Right? You want to, you want to, man, like, are you kidding me? I do all this for you, and you want to act like that, and you're so blessed, and, you know, that, those shoes weren't good enough, or, you know, they weren't $500 shoes, they were, you know. You know, it just, it's always never, you know, it's never enough for some people. Why? Because they're not thankful. And yeah, and guys, it doesn't come naturally to be thankful. That's why I say it's an act of faith. We're not born thankful. I said we're not born thankful. We're not born to say thank you. That has to be taught. Thank you's taught. And we need to teach our children by us living a life of thankfulness. It's so funny how quickly that shifts in my life. When, man, I'm feeling pressure and I see all the negative stuff, all the turbulence, all the stuff that's happening to people, all the stuff happening to our nation, all the things that I'm standing for for my family, all the resistance that I see to the kingdom of God. And, man, I, I start feeling that. And I start feeling negative, And, I, man, I'm wanting to 
you know, fight. I want to fight somebody. I'm like, you know, it just feels, just I get angry or I'm frustrated by it or I'm hurt by it. Man, guys, it just takes one thing, one thing of thankfulness, and it's just like it shifts that. It just shifts everything, shifts your attitude. It just hope, all of a sudden, the world starts looking really narrow when you get negative like that. And then as soon as you get thankful for one little thing, it's like a sliver of light. And then when you start really thinking, it's like the whole world opened back up to you when you're just thankful. Thankful. Warriors, Christian warriors, think love, and we love God, and we love others as we love ourselves. And because we love him by an act of faith, we know he loves us, we're thankful. We're thankful. God said, listen, if I'd give you my son, would I not also give you all things? Golly, just think about that and be thankful. Let that shift your mood and your attitude. Keep that in your heart, in your mind, and in your mouth. Father, thank you. Thank you for this meal. Thank you for this. When you get in your car, say, God, thank you for this car, that it's, it's running. Anybody ever own a car that you had to kind of, it was an act of faith to go out and start it and believe that it would start? I've owned one of those that you're like, man, okay, <laughs> I hope this thing, I'm in a hurry. I hope it starts today. I've, man, now I get in, I just kind of take it for granted sometimes that I have a nice enough car that I don't have to worry about that. And if you ever have a car that if it broke down, you know you got to fix it. Oh, my gosh, I've changed alternators, starters, and I don't know anything about any of it, man, but I've had to do it. Julie knows I've been on the phone with my buddies like, come, man, come help me, man. I'm in trouble. I got like five parts off the car, and I have no idea how to put them back. <laughs> they, just, they did just that. They laugh at me and say, okay, I'm coming over there. I'll help you. But I've had it, you know, and I'm thankful, you know. I, God, man, man, I had a car that was a stick shift. And the, the bottom, the floorboard was rusted out of it. And so, man, the year I got that car, it decided in Clovis to be the rainiest season of, the, of, of like, forever. And so I'd have to, every time I went through a puddle, I'd have to pick my feet up because it would flood that floorboard. And then I had to wait for it to drain back out because I only had a couple of good pairs of shoes. And so I had to protect them. So I would just have to just wait till the water drain out before I could put my foot on the clutch and the shift again. I mean, oh, I'm so thankful I don't have to do that. Some of you remembering those hoopty mobiles you drove? Some of you might be in a hoopty now. Let me tell you something. That old rusted floorboard car was the only other car we had, and I was thankful. I was thankful for the guy who gave it to me. He said, it ain't much. I said, man, it'll work. I just needed another extra vehicle. And so it, I just I never drove it out of town, though. <laughs> but it was good in town. But, you know, I was thankful, and I'm thankful even now for that, that old hoopty, man. Called it the Red Baron. But, you know, Christian warriors are thankful. When we're thankful, it changes our atmosphere, the mood, and then we teach our children to be thankful. People who aren't thankful, man, their children 
live in a toxic environment. And they become toxic. And then they, they grow up with that hole that nothing fills. Nothing satisfies. Be thankful. Be thankful for what you do have. And pray, pray, pray God's promises for what you don't. Let's be the Christian warriors God's called us to be. Amen. Listen, that's all my time tonight. I closed out last week before you even started praying last Wednesday. It's the first time I've ever was ahead of you, Reed. Listen, I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes and just to remove distractions for a moment. I'm going to ask you online to do the same thing. You know, sometimes when you're watching online, there's even more distractions because you're home and, you know, you, just stuff. Stuff happens at home that doesn't happen here. That's why I just really want to invite you to be here if you can. If you can be here. But I also know that this provides an opportunity for people to hear the word that are homebound right now or sick or injured. Or, and I'm so grateful for this media that, the, this, tech, this technology that we're able to minister to you uh, while you're home. But while you're sitting there and while you're sitting in here, I want you to consider your life. Have you broken fellowship with God? Or have you never really had a fellowship with God, never really had a relationship with Him? You know, in the end, Jesus doesn't say, you knew me, so come into heaven. He says, I did not know you. So it's not a matter of us knowing him. It's a matter of him knowing us. What's that mean? It's us recognizing that he is the Savior. He is the Lord. He is God. God Almighty. He's our creator and our father. He died to save our lives. That He loves us. That how He knows us is that we love Him back. That as He gave His life to save ours, we give our life so others can be saved. So that we can make a difference the woman with the alabaster jar is not remembered for her sins. She's not remembered for what she took. She's remembered for what she gave. And that's how you'll be remembered. You can't truly give with a right motive or a right heart without Jesus being the Lord of your life and being filled with the Holy Spirit that teaches you how to do things. Not only do the right things, but do them for the right reasons. Can't even live a life worthy of being a blessing to others without Jesus living inside of us by the Holy Spirit. Him leading us, His Word guiding and directing our lives. So the way your life will have meaning and purpose. It's the only way you'll have something truly to give away to others. So whether you're online or here, if you've never prayed,
to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. Or maybe you prayed and you broke fellowship because of this or these reason or that reason. You know what? Just come home. So whether you've never prayed or you need to come home, let's pray right now. And I'm going to ask those online, send us a message right now. Don't even hesitate. Right now, send us a message and say, man, I'm watching and I'm praying for the first time or I'm coming back home. Send us that message right now. We want to send you a gift. We're not going to invade your life. We just want to bless you, send you something. The people in this room right now, if you want to pray and get right with God before you leave here, I'm going to count to three, and I'm asking you just to raise your hand up high and then put it down. Then right where you're seated, we're going to pray. Right where you're at. And if you mean it, if you're sincere, God will honor it. He'll honor it. He'll do what you ask him to do. Save your life. Restore your life. So online, send that in here. One, get ready to raise your hand. Don't even hesitate. Acknowledge that you need him. Two, three, raise your hand and say, I'm going to get right with God. Thank you. You can put all, oh, all those hands. Praise God. Thank you all. You can put all those hands. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All those hands. You can put them down now. Let's pray. Now, all these that raised their hand and all those online and all the rest of us too, just to encourage them and to remind us of who God is in our lives. Let's pray together. So everybody say this with me. Say, God, today, right now, I acknowledge you. You are God and God alone. I believe that. And I believe that you love us. You created us. We are the object of your love. But you gave us a choice what to believe or to not believe. I choose today to believe that you love us, that you love me. You sent Jesus to die for my sins. You raised him from the dead, and he's alive. So I ask you to forgive me of all my sins, and I receive your promise of forgiveness. And I say to you, Jesus, you are the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of my life. Come live inside of me. By the Holy Spirit, teach me how to love you, how to know you, how to bless others and walk in your blessings, how to live for you and make a difference in this life for others. Thank you for saving my life, restoring my life. In Jesus' name, I pray. So be it. Amen. Come on. Let's thank God. Let's be thankful. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.